Ah, praise the Lord. You may be seated. Praise the Lord, 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 praise the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. Praise God. been a better time to <coughs> prove our Christianity than now. You know, the world is going through turmoil and perplexity and gripped by fear. And you know, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The evidence of Christianity is power. And when circumstances and situations and opportunities like these, present themselves for us as Christians to express our faith and we don't. It reveals our weakness. It reveals our distrust in God. It shows modern Christianity has no solutions, has no answers. For the problems and cries of the world. For the past couple of months now, probably maybe two months, three months, or four months, three months, let's just say for the last month or so, uh, the, the whole world has been talking about the COVID-19 virus or the corona virus and it has every single person almost on earth in a frenzy but what happens in the world is always opportunity for Christianity to make its voice heard sadly enough what we are seeing happening around the world is that as you know uh, many activities sports and things like that are shutting down Churches are shutting down as well. And I, I thought I was going to speak about this, but I feel that I need to help you uh, who are in the body of Christ. So that when you see such things, 
you do not uh, agree with the actions because it is wrong. The church of Jesus Christ should never close for any single reason that the world gives to us. And many churches, many big churches in the States, many big churches. Yesterday I spent, we spent some, some few hours just searching throughout the web, seeing all churches that are playing to the drumbeat of the world. And we found many, many big churches. But my question is, where is the witness of Christ in his church? Did he not say, I will build my church? You see, it is, it is, it is the best time to, to really see who are Christians and who are charlatans. Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That means whatever is happening out there can happen. But when it comes to Zion, to his church, he says, the gates, the powers of hell shall not prevail. So if we close our Sunday services because we want to be precaution, uh, 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 we want to be cautious. What are we saying? What message are we sending? You know, one church, uh, one big church uh, said in, in their uh, 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 announcement on their website, he said, we, we believe, we still believe in but we discourage visits to hospitals for prayer. Is a church. You believe in healing, but you discourage hospital visits for prayer. What are you saying? And in most of them, right? They say, no, we won't have service. Uh, what we will do, please be cautious. Uh, be cautious, wash your hands, do all those things. Now, I'm not against those things. But when those things now start replacing faith, then yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. This situation that is happening globally is a revelation of the lack of power in Christianity. Christianity has no power. Modern Christianity has no power. Because if we had power, we would be you know, especially these ones that have a global platform, they'll be standing in their pulpit and saying, bring every single person who is affected into the church. We are witnesses. How else do you expect to prove the reality of Jesus Christ without the demonstration of power? Tell me, how else? And now everybody's in a friends, and you can see the the. The, the, the release of demonic activity. You must know, every, every single activity that stirs and stimulates fear is an open door for spirits. And the entire world has been unleashed with these devils. Let, let me read you Isaiah, Isaiah 30, 30, I said 30? 34? 33. Isaiah 33, verse 24. I want you to read it. This is where your belief is tested. And you must understand the underlying reason why this thing has been released. 
and why there is no cure for this thing. Are you there? 33, 24, please. Are we there? Let's read it. Let's all read it. He says, the inhabitants of Zion in the solemn assembly shall who has uh, amplified? Let me let me see if I have amplified. Do you have amplified? Please read it. And no inhabitant of Zion will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity and guilt. He says, No inhabitant of Zion shall say, I am sick. In other words, whatever plague is destroying the masses, he says, the inhabitant of Zion shall not say, So as this thing is going on, don't even give thought to it. Are you listening to me? Don't even give thought to it. Don't even... Don't even waste your time speaking about this. Don't even, don't even do all those things. Because if you have made the most high your refuge, then no evil shall befall you. This is just the beginning, brothers and sisters. This that you are seeing is just the beginning. So if we are rattled by this, and you see, here's why we are rattled. You're rattled because you hear what they say in the news. You, 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 anybody that trusts mainstream news media corporation is a fool. You are, you stupid. If you believe what these folks are telling you, are feeding you, the propaganda they are selling you, you are stupid. You might as well die with the rest of the world. Because, because if, 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 if you do your research, you will find out that every, every single media corporation is actually owned by one or two companies. CNN, Fox, all those things, they are owned by several, two or three people that own the entire thing. And if you listen close enough, you will hear that whatever they are reading in one uh, 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 news bulletin they are reading in, in the other company too. Oh, sometimes almost exactly the same. So you ask, who writes their script? Does the virus exist? Yes. But is what they are selling true? Absolutely not. What they want more than anything is for you to be gripped by fear. That's what more than anything, that's what they want. Because remember, I told you last year that 2020 will be will be marked by a very serious global economic collapse. The reason for the collapse, the collapse is not an end in and of itself. It's a means to an end. It's like, it's like what happened in 
on the Twin Towers, right? Six days after there was a bombing, what did Bush do? Bush declared war on Afghanistan. Now, when did they get time to collect intel or intelligence that would substantiate and validate their reasons for going to war with another country, with another nation? It is because they always wanted to go there. So the crashing was a means to an end. Let's get or let's blame the Taliban. Let's blame the jihadis so that we can get where? Into their country and get what? Their oil. How many years since the war in Afghanistan and Iraq? Yes. Has America gotten what they wanted? Yes. 90% of opium, the drug that is destroying the world, 90% of its production takes place in Afghanistan. Problem is, you see, the world has left many dots and it's for you to connect them. And once you connect them, you will find that the, there is a perfect picture, a perfect plan portrayed to you. So where does this thing come from? This virus, where does it come from? Oh my goodness, it is, it is, it is a biological weapon. You know what a biological weapon is? It is a strain of virus that is created in a lab. And then they use some few people as hosts or carriers. And then through them, they spread this thing worldwide. It's not spiritual. If, if it was spiritual, ne? it's not spiritual in the sense that its origin is not spiritual. If it was spiritual, many prophets would have seen it. It is the device of evil men who are trying to bring the world to a certain stage. When the economies of the world crash this year, you will see what they will begin to say. They will begin to say, no, we can't use money anymore. It's very dangerous. It's what they started doing in China now. China, they don't use cash anymore. They don't use cash to make their transactions anymore. Why? Because they say that the money is contaminated. So it will go from China, and you will see those. CNN started doing it. Then be careful of the use of money. So the only way to not infect yourself through money is to what? Is to eradicate the use of money altogether. By eradicating the use of money altogether, they're bringing in what? A cashless system. All these are in stages. Now the human being, oh, So you look at this, you're gripped by fear and you wonder, oh my God, what are we going to do? 38 people have this thing. Show me, have you seen those people? In Wuhan, in China, where, where, where the disease first spread, they are saying that there is now the decreasing number of those infections. I promise you, in the next one month or so, you will hear this thing will be a thing of the past. I, you will see. It, as quickly as it came, it will disappear. You will see. But the damage that would have been done would be irrevocable. 
Where have you ever seen leagues closed? All major sports leagues closed, shut down. Next day, gunning for the schools. Schools closed. Next, after schools, you'll hear work closed, work from home. Why? They must keep you at home. You must understand. You must think. Sometimes you must sit down and think. Use your brain. Use your mind. God did not give you a brain just so that you can accept any other thing. Think. Sit down and think. Why? Why do they want you at home? So that you can feel bored, feel restless, and start what? Start crying out for a solution. They will keep, listen, they will keep, they have the thing. They have the vaccine. Right now, they're saying it will take uh, about uh, three years for them to produce the vaccine. It's a lie. You know why they are saying that? It is because of the pharmaceutical companies. If you look at the stock market now, the, 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 the pharmaceutical companies, their stocks are very high. You know why? It's because this virus benefits them. They have the technology to, to harvest vaccines. They have it. And they can produce a vaccine in the next month or two. In fact, some uh, uh, Bada, Bada, the, 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 the private uh, company that works on the government, has already said they've produced a, a vaccine. Government can't produce, no, government can't produce vaccine. It's up to, it's up to the, the private sector. Sometimes you must be you must be alert. It's like what's happening in, in South Africa with ESCO. It's not coincidental. They send messages, they say, oh, four power stations have all had a breakdown at the same time. A at the same time. How is it at the same time? You can see what's the strategy. The strategy is to privatize ESCO. That's, that's what they want. So by, 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 by causing all these uh, power failures, power surges, ESCOM problems. They are trying to send a message to government and to the people that government is not what is not fit enough to handle this matter. Let us privatize this. Same thing with SAA. You must understand how the world works. So with this thing, this corona thing, Show me people now. You must show me people who have been infected now. Let us see them. Let us see. CNN showed some guy, they interviewed some guy who allegedly had the coronavirus, right? So they, they showed him once. The next day, they showed him, they asked him, how are you feeling? Nah, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm, I'm, I'm better. <laughs> You're going from being sick to being better. So they want to get you to a point where you say, hey, we need a solution here. And they say, we have a solution. And then you know, you know what's the first solution? You know what they will say? It will be mandated that everybody gets vaccinated. Do you know, do you know that one of the reasons why this coronavirus suddenly sprang up? It is because they've been trying to get the whole global community to get the flu shots. And people have been saying no because they have not been helping people anyway. So they must create what? They must create a problem in order for them to provide what? A global solution. And that solution is not a solution. It's a trap.
How do you think the Antichrist is going to bring about the mark of the beast, the, the selling and buying without a physical currency? How do you think this all this thing is going to take place? Huh? All you just need to do is sit down and think. You just need to sit down and think. Why is that? You ask me, why is that? A person living in a shack, Chris, can go with many other things except GSTV. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you pass through all the shacks in Tembisa, you pass through all the shacks in Deep Slot, you pass through all the shacks here in Mameloni. The, what's the number one common thing you see? GSTV, satellite dishes. They run up pay, imagine, 500 to 600 to have DSTV. They live in a shack. Why? Why is that so? It's, it's, a, it's, it's something that it's, that's called social engineering. Hmm. Around 2000, around, around 2000 and 2011, China and South Africa came into a deal that they need to bring satellites and TVs in villages. Now what does China want to do with uh, TVs in villages? And the agenda was to make this program available in all countries in Africa. Now why is that the reason? What, what, I mean, these people need, they need food, uh, they need clothes. Some of them walk to school without shoes. And here China said we must put in dishes and TVs for these people. <laughs> Why? 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 It is, it is the greatest social engineering program of all history. It, you see, if you believe, if, if, if one thing is said to you over and over again, is the law of repetition. Whether it is true or not, you will end up believing it. Look, look at South Africa, man. South Africa now has more cases in the entire Africa of the COVID virus. It went from one, Angel, last week. Angel, it went from one to seven. From seven to 24. From 24 to 38 now. In a matter of days. sit back and think and then churches now are closing doors no no service we'll have a live stream you are weak you are weak past you are weak you are weak you are revealing your weakness in the spirit it's time to wake up it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Because if we don't wake up, you will see what will begin to happen. You know what they'll start telling you? Start telling you now, don't go to the shops. Malls are gone. In, in, in Italy, 80, 80, uh, 75% of all malls are closed. 
Wow, South Africa, both home alone. Zanzi. You're the first they'll start with. You are the the guy, the, the guy who said that he comes from Italy who came with the virus, right? You know where they quarantined him? They took him to uh, uh, to Addington Hospital in Durban. You know Addington? Addington Hospital is the equivalent of Mamelodi Hospital. To quarantine him there. Now, does it make sense? Where is that hospital going to get the resources to run the test? Because it's under-resourced. Human beings, you human beings are that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So if, if you are truly a Christian, now is the time to maintain your convictions. Now you will see the next one, two months, uh, the virus just disappeared. You know, and they'll give some weird reason for it. You will see. You see now, it, it doesn't look like it's stopping, right? It looks like it's increasing, 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 increasing. There is, it was go, they were, they were going to, they were going to subside it. It's easy. You know how they subside news? They stop talking about it on the news. When they stop talking about it on the news, the people stop, stop thinking about it, stop becoming a big issue. People in Wuhan now are moving around like it's normal. But because it's not said, you are frantic about it. Why? The major thing is not the coronavirus. The major thing is the technology they want to introduce. That's what's killing the people. Vugani Manled. Hallelujah. So, I'm saying this to help you. I'm saying this to make you aware of the agenda of satan through these evil men all right yes because the, the the it's not the first time this happened and it won't be the last it's not the first and it won't be the last it is happening now the global it happened in 2002 with the sars virus they made it such a big issue and that thing you know how, how much how many people that thing killed about 720 worldwide but it was a big thing and you know where it started? China. China. All you need to do is sit down, think, open books, and just read. History does not lie. History does not lie. It does not lie. This is just the beginning, brothers and sisters. We have entered the season of wars. This that you are seeing is just the beginning. Hallelujah. Let's get into the word. Let me, let me read you something. Chapter 34. Are you there? Verse 16. Isaiah. You are Isaiah again? Chapter 34. 
Praise the Lord. Thirty-four, verse sixteen. Search from the book of the Lord and read. Yeah. Yeah. Search from and not one of these shall fail. Not one shall lack a mate, for my mouth has commanded it, and His Spirit has gathered them. He has cast the lot for them, and His hand has divided it. Among them with a measuring line, they shall possess it forever from generation to generation. They shall dwell in it. Search from the book of the Lord and read. Search from the book of the Lord and read. Search from the book of the Lord and read. Acts chapter number 20. Search from the book of the Lord and read. Verse 32. So now, brethren, I command you, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Notice that there is no delivery of inheritance until the word builds you So God is unable to deliver you into that which is your inheritance except his word builds you up. And Paul uses uh, a very special word. He says, I commend you to God. In other words, I commit you to his charge. I commit you to the word of his grace which is able to build you up. Why is there so much failure in Christianity? And why is there so much uh, a lack of the fulfillment of God's word, God's purposes, God's plans and intentions for the life of his people? Number one. Many of God's people are not given to his word. He said, okay, let's read it. Let's read it. Uh, Psalm, Samuel. First Samuel. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Hmm. Verse chapter 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 uh, chapter two. 
too. Remember, the Lord is an unchanging personality. So, chapter 2, verse 30, he says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. It is strange because God had promised the, the continuation of this house in the priesthood to be forever. But now he is changing what God, he's changing what he said. He changed his mind concerning what he promised to this house, the house of Eli. And the reason why it is because of what he says next. He says, he says for those who honor me, I shall, what? Honor too. And those who do not honor me, I shall lightly esteem. So the honor or dishonor of God determines how God fulfills his word in our lives. So a man can or may not have God's word fulfilled in their lives, God's purposes, God's plan fulfilled in their lives on the basis of how they honor him. How they honor him. So the honor of God's word, it means how elevated is God's word in your life. He's speaking, he's speaking about the elevation of God's word in our lives. So he, he changed his prophecy to the, to the point that he said there is none in his house. They shall occupy the priesthood. How does God get to a point with a man where he decides to change his mind concerning what he promised honor? The esteeming of God's word in our lives. So in Acts he says, I commend you, I give you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. God builds by his word. He constructs by his word. The construction system of God is his word. So he uses his word as the materials by which he constructs our lives. Now, that word must come to us first. So what God does is that he brings forth his word, either through uh, the ministry of the spirit, the ministry of the prophet, the ministry of angels. No, doesn't matter how he brings it. He brings it. And that is the word that he, he determines to build your life by. Now, what will determine whether or not the building process is successful is not only your apprehension of that word, but how given you are to it. Paul said to Timothy, give yourselves entirely to these things. Give yourselves entirely to these things that your profiting might appear to all. So many of us are not given to the charge of God's word. So the word of God do not mean to us as it should. Now in this instance, I'm not just talking about God's written word. I'm talking about God's prophetic word. And that is 
largely the reason why many do not have God's word come to pass in their lives. Notice, no one in Israel consulted the Lord concerning the prophecy of Israel's exodus until one man who the Bible says learned by the scriptures that 70 years had elapsed prepared himself to seek the Lord when the answer came. Otherwise, had Daniel not stood up to seek the Lord, no answer would have come. Isn't it strange that God is willing to leave prophecies hanging? until a man by the spirit searches from the book of the lord and read what has been written and prepare himself to seek the lord to consult the lord to give himself to what has been spoken look at jesus he was so predisposed to the fulfillment of what God sent him to do. He says, I do nothing. All that I do is because I've seen my father do. I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is still day. For I speak what my father commanded me. He says, it is able to deliver you into a so prophecy is that which not only builds you, but navigates you to that which belongs to you. Men who have become great in this world are men who have committed themselves to God's prophetic word. How do you gauge the word of God and the word of man. Jesus says, it is written of me, O God. I have come in the volume of the book to fulfill that So we stagger at the promises of God. Our faith is weakened because we don't know how to esteem God's word. And that's a problem we have. It's, it's a dilemma. It's a dilemma because now we want God's God to fulfill his promises, but we are not committed, we are not given to that word. For instance, how many prophecies have you heard come from our ministry? How many of those prophecies have you spent days listening to? Going back through over and over again. That tells you, you, you it is impossible for you to have that word come over your life. Impossible. The word God fulfills is the word one commits to. God does not fulfill a word which he has spoken, which you have not yet committed yourself to. You must see it through. Remember, he's able to do exceedingly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We are, brothers and sisters, we are the, the, the vessels through which God achieves his objectives. So because we have not yet learned the way of the Spirit in bringing his word and promises to pass in our lives, when God's word comes, it's just another word. So, it's a word that excites you there and there, and then you forget about it. Yet, it is the rhema word that God intends to frame your aeon. 
to frame your generation, to frame your path line, to make straight your crooked path, your own brothers and sisters. I told you, your own. After you have heard what God has said, is to seek it out. It is men who stay with God's word that come out with the reality of those promises. That's, that's, how, that's how it is. That's how this thing works. He says, forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. For God, oh. The Bible says that the Lord does not forget his word. He does not forget his word. To see it to pass. He says, I watch over my word to perform. Notice, he, he watches over. For in order for him to perform it, he must watch over it. So the, 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 the same is for you and me. You must watch over his word. In order for it to come to pass, the word you don't watch won't come to pass. So sometimes we hear God's word and then. But it is given to us. Paul said, wage therefore a good warfare with the prophecies given you what is he saying he's saying the words that have come to you the prophecies that have come to you they are your weapons they are your weapons so you can't really fight the good fight of faith without prof prophecy and by prophecy i mean god's spoken word you can't because Life, brothers and sisters, is an engineering of prophecy. Life itself has been engineered by prophecy. Every event, every circumstance, every situation, everything in this life has, has been an engineering of prophecy, of God's word. Do you understand? So, the, the engineering of your life, in order for it to align with what has been written in the book, you must, you must be committed or given to the charge of prophecy. So, we can't expect God to deliver us into our inheritance if we do not take what he says important do you know that this thing is such a serious thing that it caused over four million people to die in the wilderness because they did. i hebrews chapter four mm. yeah. Yeah. hebrews chapter number four The, the Christian brother has a secret weapon that that has been I'm, I'm sure now it's even clogged because we we've not we've not we've not yet utilized it to its full of capacity are we there okay
chapter 3. We there? Verse 12. Chapter 3, verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart. Notice what God says unbelief is. What it produces in your spirit, in your heart. He says, an evil heart of unbelief. In other words, it is evil not to believe in what God says because you are undermining his integrity. You understand that? To not believe after God has spoken is undermining the integrity of who he is. You are putting God on the stand. So he says, that heart is a heart that departs from God. And many of us, many of us have done that several times in our lives. Where we have departed. And you know what causes us to depart from God? The fact that you do not see or experience what he said. Yet the problem has not been on God's part. The problem has been on your part. <laughs> for we are but we are for, but we exhort one another daily while it is still called today let's any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end right for who rebelled for who having heard who Having heard, rebelled. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Look, look at this. He was angry with them for 40 years. For 40 years, God was angry with these people. Yet in the midst of his anger, God still performed miracles. It shows, brothers and sisters, that, that oh God, that the evidence of blessing does not justify or does not uh, substantiate the fact that God is happy with you. That means God can help bless you while he's not happy with you. For 40 years he was with them. So material blessing is not proof of spiritual maturity or spiritual closeness to God. For 40 years he was angry. 40 years. That means from the time they left Egypt, to the time they reached the borders of Canaan, God has been angry all this time. Why? You'll see why. And to whom did he swear they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see, so we see, they could not, that they could not enter in because of unbelief. What is unbelief? Unbelief is denying the reality of that which God speaks. So it is not accepting as finality, as authority, what God said concerning you, about you. So if God says to you, I will use you, and you say, that's unbelief. 
the 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 Greek word of this word explains it beautifully. It is called unpersuadableness. That means God was unable to persuade you. So they could not enter because God could not persuade them. His word, though it be powerful, could not persuade them. Do you understand that? It could, look, look at Abraham. Look at Abraham. Look at Abraham. God said to him, in your old age you shall have a seed. And, and he said, your, from your seed shall all nations of the earth be. But Abraham didn't believe for 25 years. He didn't believe. He didn't believe for over 25 years. He didn't believe God. He was unpersuaded. And as long as he was unpersuaded, he staggered at the promises of God. So God says this thing and the thing that he says does not agree with where you are circumstantially and because it does not agree with where you are circumstantially you are unable to apprehend its reality and be persuaded to move in that direction. That's unbelief. Unbelief is what makes God find you where you are and leave you where you are. That's unbelief. So God is unwilling to work and fulfill his promise in the presence of unbelief. Unpersuadableness. So the, the duty of God's word, the responsibility of God's word, before it can build you, what God's word must do, must persuade you first. That's faith. And it cannot persuade you until it enters you. So the reason why you must be committed to its charge, to stay with the world, is so that it can enter you in order for it to persuade you and in order for all the resources and the powers of the Spirit to work in giving you your inheritance. Because he says, the entrance of your word gives light. Not the word, the entrance. The word in and of itself does not give light. It is light, but it does not give light. It only gives light, illumination, after he's entered you. Now faith is the persuasion of your spirit to what God says. It is faith that convinces you to start acting, to start walking, to start thinking in the mannerisms of God. So he says, so we see, they, they could not enter in because of unbelief. We, we see, they, they could not enter in. Now the same pattern for them is the same for us. Is the ancient of days. His patterns are ancient. So for you to enter into what God said to you, what must be the major factor? Believe. You must be persuaded into accepting that what God, let every man be a liar. Yeah. So if there's anybody to believe, it's God. Yeah. Says you may have doubt in men, but not God. Yes. 
after God has spoken, brothers and sisters, we have no we have no justification of our unbelief because the very word which he brings comes with it, is impregnated with the faith required for us to believe. So the strength of what God says lies upon who he is. He is God. He says, I am not a man that I should lie. Nor the son of man that I should turn. Is there anything to have for God? He specializes, brothers and sisters, into in, in, in creating destinies. He specializes in framing aeons. He's been doing that since time began. So he gives us the Bible, the written word, so that we can study his integrity and see if he is truly God. And see if when he said, let there be light, did light come? When he said, let there be a firmament, did the firmament come? If it did come, that means the same God who spoke there is worthy of us believing him now. So many people don't know how to relate with prophecy because they think, no, is some words made up come, coming from a man? No, 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 no. What is prophecy? Prophecy is the platform that God uses to communicate with men. It's a platform. That's where God communicates his plans, his agendas, his purposes, his wishes, his thoughts, his opinions concerning you. That's why when, when, when one of the, 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 the servants came running and said, hey, 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 there are people prophesying there, he said to Moses, Moses says, oh wow, I wish that all God's people could be prophets. That's why when, when, when the, the, the rich man in hell asked Abraham to tell Lord to bring him a drop of water and Abraham said those who are here cannot come that side and those who are that side cannot come here. He said, okay, send him to my brothers then. Let him, let him tell the members of my family. Abraham says, no, they have the prophets and Moses. And he said, no, 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 no. If, 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 if they see somebody and hear from somebody who is from this side, they will believe and turn their ways. Abraham said no. If they cannot believe Moses and the prophets, even if somebody from the dead would rise up and tell them they would not believe. What, what, is that? what is that saying to you? He's saying to you that you don't need an angel to appear to you in order for you to believe God. You don't need an encounter from heaven to help you believe God. What you need is faith in what God says. If you can't believe in that, there's no amount of vision that can convince you. There's no amount you can see Jesus and still die and go to hell. Faith. Persuadableness. He says he's able to build you. So many of us don't know how to stay with the word. 
We don't know how to stay with the word. Stay with it. To stay with it. How, in the first place, how does the word come? Because that gives us insight into how we can remain in that word. Then he said, I've considered your law. See what sustains a man in the midst of battle is what God says. It's what God has said. Jesus knew that the events of his life should go in a certain way because it had already been predetermined. So prophecy, brothers and sisters, is a major, 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 major factor to how God fulfills His word. Prophecy. If you can't, if you can't believe in prophecy, you are sad. Because prophecy is God's rhema. You see, prophecy, you see, in prophecy, God speaks what is not in the Bible. I'm a Bible man. If you are a Bible man without being a prophetic man, you you are living in the past. Because God doesn't fulfill his word to you on the back. Show me you there in the Bible. (laughs) Show me what God talks about you there. Show me right now a story about you. (laughs) But the story about you can be captured in prophecy. Do you understand that? Because prophecy, brothers and sisters, prophecy is is the mere reading of that which is already written in the scrolls. That's what prophecy is. It is a now word to us, but in the eternal is an ancient word. It is that which has been spoken and written and recorded by God before you were even born. David said they were all written down, the days fashioned for me, when none of them was yet present. How is that possible? And how does it come to life? How does it come into understanding and revelation of the mind that must receive it? Prophecy. Prophecy. It is the secret weapon of the Christian. Mm-hmm. Are you listening to me? Yes. It is the secret weapon of the Christian. Mm-hmm. Prophecy. So all the prophecies you have heard, you have received, you have gotten, they are not meant to be generalized, but to be personalized. And the more you stay with it, the more you stay with it, the more light comes, the more faith comes. Why is prophecy essential? Okay. Because it is proof of the activity or the operation of spirit of the Holy Spirit without prophecy you can't be sure of the evidence of the spirit in Joel chapter 2 
Let me reveal to you a few mysteries and then we close here and we pray. Joel, chapter 2, verse 26. Okay, because of time, let's read from verse 26. It's like when you read the Gospels, all right? What you are reading in the Gospels is history. The history of Jesus Christ and his works and his ministry. You are seeing throughout the Gospels, Matthew, uh, Mark, uh, Luke, and John. You are seeing an account of the history of Jesus Christ. But Jesus' words is not history. So within the history of Jesus, are places where it is recorded that Jesus spoke but what he spoke was not history what he spoke was rhema so God's word its nature is timeless you cannot fixate his word into time he, he, what he speaks is timeless heaven and earth shall pass but my word shall remain so the word of god are the timeless utterings of god so when you read the words of jesus they are as current as when he spoke first spoke them what makes those words current or what makes those words fresh is the fact that they were spoken by the spirit the spirit is not in the future nor is he in the past the spirit is the eternal he's in the eternal now he's in the eternal space so whatever or whenever jesus spoke what he spoke by the spirit it it oh how can i put this to these people Lord? okay the bible says that he upholds not upholded he upholds all things by the word of his power. He upholds. So the word that said, let there be light, is the same word that still upholds that reality. Hmm. Do you understand that? Yeah. So the word that said, let the earth come forth, is still the same word. Because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that pro not proceeded, that proceeds. So God's word is a continual function of what he said. So the same word that created the sun is the same word that still sustains the sun. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? Yeah. Do you understand that? Yeah. So the same word that said, let there be light, is it's still, it's still being said now. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. It's the same word that's echoing throughout creation. So that is what makes his word timeless. Because it is that same word by which he creates that he upholds. So God is not speaking every day. Let there be light. Let, no. He spoke it once and it echoed throughout creation and he's still upholding all things now. So, so God's word does not lose its power, does not lose its efficacy, does not lose its essence just because it was spoken 2,000 years ago or, or 4,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago. It is as powerful as he spoke it. I'm speaking about what God has spoken. Are you following me? So, so, so the, the, the reason for prophecy it, it is to express the activity and manifest the operation of the Spirit of God. Mm. 
That is the highest modus operandi of the Holy Spirit. It's not power, it's prophecy. The nature of all power is prophecy. It's the word of God. It, you see, it, it only becomes prophecy when it, is, when it comes through the lips of men. You see, it is prophecy because it's words that come from the spirit, but articulated through the soul and spirit of a human vessel. But when God speaks in the spirit, it's not, it does, it's not prophesying, he's speaking. Do you understand? Yes, because to prophesy means to be a spokesperson for God. To speak in his stead. And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Look at the evidence of his function, the evidence of his presence, the evidence of his ministry. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. He says the, the first evidence, the first sign of or to prove that my spirit has been appalled. He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That means in the company of prophets or in the company of prophesyings, you witness what? The presence of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is an unseen personality, but his manifestations point us to his presence. So to know if the Holy Spirit is working in a life or in a region. It is proven by the volume of prophetic utterance. The Bible says this. The Bible says that there was a great fair mind of the word of God in Israel one day, right? What does that mean? God was not speaking. That means the spirit of God was withdrawn until Samuel came. When Samuel came, the Bible says, and the word of the Lord spread throughout Israel the spirit was back how do we know that the spirit was back when John began to minister the spirit was back so prophecy is the indicator of the spirit's activity in the life that's why he said, do not quench the spirit. Do not do what? Reject prophesyings. So every child of God who has the spirit automatically has the gift of prophecy. Whether or not it works, that's another story. Whether or not they operated. That's another story. But every child of God, they must demonstrate the gift of prophecy to prove the evidence of the Spirit's activity. So he says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, see dreams and visions, right? Yeah. Acts chapter 2. Here's what's strange, right? Because the promise of the Spirit was that the sons and daughters will prophesy and see visions and dreams, right? But then in Acts chapter 2, even though Peter reiterates the same prophecy that was reiterated by Jewel, the experience was different. 
because the experience did not start with prophecy it there was there was the operation of of uh, 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 speaking but it was not prophecy per se let's read John 2 I mean X 2 all right verse number two read it slowly okay read it slowly okay yeah yes yeah and they were and and they were and they were and Peter later says this is that which has been spoken by the prophet Jewel and right so they were filled by the spirit that means at that time the spirit had been poured the spirit had been poured but that see what was going on there was something far much deeper than what is written here because this meant something not only to the earth but to the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ so they were filled with the Holy Spirit John chapter 7 I want to show you something what what this actually meant all right what this actually meant it was a prophetic utterance released by Joel several hundreds of years ago right and it has been fulfilled this day why has this thing not been fulfilled in any other time prior to that time why was it so significant that that prophecy was fulfilled at that time Joel did not have the full details he only prophesied the outcomes of the outpouring of the spirit but what it meant or what it symbolized was hidden from him only jesus comes and he begins to to reveal to us in codes what that experience really symbolized this brothers and sisters is the christians secret weapon it is a christian's greatest asset and it is said that we have not yet captured this truth to the point where we 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 fly with this thing over the years some have captured this thing here and there but but we are yet to fully capture it in its entirety that's why at the mention of a disease churches closed down shop because we have not yet captured what this thing actually is the holy spirit 
means to the Christian, or should mean, brother, let me say, to the Christian much more than what me and you, brothers and sisters, have related in regards to him. Only a spirit, only a spirit can bear witness of Jesus. And in this instance, only the Holy Spirit is the true witness of Jesus. Only he can testify and provide evidences of his reality. Jesus said, that he had a greater witness than John because he does not receive witness from men. Jesus said that. He says, I do not receive witness from men, but I have a greater witness than John. And the greater witness than John, you know what Jesus said it was? He says, it was his, it was his works. He says, the works that I do testify of me that I'm sent by my Father. Now these works, Jesus said, they were a consequence of the indwelling presence of his father. So in reality, what was actually providing witness for Jesus, testament or testimony for Jesus, was the Holy Spirit. He says, for he shall bear witness of me. Mm. So what Jesus was promising the disciples in Acts chapter 1 when he said to them you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit the purpose of the Spirit what the, the reception of the Spirit was not the end it was a means to an end, to an end. he said because then ye shall be witnesses unto me that means it is impossible for anybody to bear record to bear testimony to provide evidence and to be a witness of Jesus without the Spirit because the spirit is there to provide something that will cause the man or the woman to provide evidence of Jesus Christ. So that when you speak about Jesus, it is not just talk. You provide evidence and the evidence are the works. So I can't stand and proclaim or profess to be a witness of Christ and not provide evidence. Any Christian who, who speaks or who desires to speak of Christ but cannot provide the proofs of his existence is a charlatan. Mm -hmm. A charlatan is one who claims to have special knowledge but in reality does not. Even for you, if you say Jesus is real, you must prove it. If you say Jesus is God, you must otherwise shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Because you you can't speak. You can't. We don't provide the evidence of Jesus' existence through preaching. Preaching does not provide evidence. It is power that provides evidence because power symbolizes that Jesus Christ died. But not only did he die, but he was raised from the dead. And not only was he raised from the dead, but he was glorified. 
So the existence of all these Christian things is, is not just in the speaking or in the teaching. We teach to build our spirits and, and enlighten our minds concerning his reality. But if we want to prove his resurrection, we must provide something greater than oratory speech. We must provide the action of the spirit. So the first, the first thing that happened when the Spirit of God first came and indwelt man, was that every single Christian was granted evidence that the Spirit is dwelling inside you, that you are a candidate for being a witness. Because the Spirit now was what? Indwelling man. That means God had found that man worthy vessel a worthy temple for his the spirit can dwell if if the holy spirit dwells in you that means he has considered you worthy you understand that consider you worthy to be what to be a witness to be a proof producer to be a provider of evidence that jesus exists So in chapter 7, he says he stood at the last day of, uh, of the feast and he cried out, Let he who thirsts come to me, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the Bible says, This he spoke to those who would believe, because this, he had not yet what been glorified. So the Spirit of God would not come until Jesus be glorified. So Acts chapter 2 and what and the experience of the feeling of the spirit is something far more deeper, brothers and sisters, than just receiving him. It is what it means. It means that the spirit had now come because Jesus was glorified. So because Jesus was glorified, that means Jesus really came to the end. So you, you don't need now to go to Jerusalem. To open his tomb to, to his tomb to prove that he now was raised from the dead. You don't need to walk the streets of Galilee. You don't need even now books to provide or provide evidence that Jesus is alive. Now you have the spirit because the spirit is the evidence of his glorification. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Amen. So the Spirit's presence indicates that Jesus truly is seated on the throne. So you don't, need, you don't need to see him in order for you to know that he's seated. All you need to look at is the evidence of the Spirit inside you. You don't need a book to convince you. That's why the Bible says tongues are a sign not for believers, for unbelievers. So if unbelievers if unbelievers want you to prove that Jesus is alive, all you need to do is stand before them face to face and say, Because that's evidence. <laughs> Prophecy is not for the unbeliever, but for the believer. That's what the Bible says. So tongues are a sign for the unbeliever. 
Why? Because tongues is what took place when the Spirit of God fulfilled them. It was not prophecy. It was tongues. It was not prophecy. It was tongues. They speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But the prophecy said they will prophesy. But it was prophecy because they were speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit. So what is speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues is prophesying in the Spirit. In the language of God. So the evidence that you have have Jesus is the fact that the Spirit of God dwells in you. But the evidence that the Spirit of God dwells in you is whether or not you are able to utter the words of the Spirit. Why is that significant? The presence of the Spirit proves the glorification of Jesus. Are you, are you, are you listening to me? Speaking in tongues, brothers and sisters, is an indicator that the Spirit of God not only dwells in you, but operates in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Jesus said, in my name, they will speak with me tongues. Notice, notice, Moses had the spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. Elijah had the spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. Elisha had the spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. Samson had the spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. Gideon had the spirit. The Bible says he was possessed. (laughs) He didn't speak in tongues. Jesus said you receive power. Joel said you will prophesy. But when the spirit comes, then the power does not evidence itself. (laughs) Prophecy does not evidence itself. But something else seems to escape from their lips. Languages that they could not even because the boss said they heard them all speak in their own dialects the word there is dialects but they were not of those dialects so they had them all speak in tongues as the spirit gave them utterance that was the first indicator on earth that the holy ghost had now come now, 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 if, if God is going to make a dramatic appearance, you would think it would happen like it happened on Mount Sinai, right? Where fire would come down, dark clouds would come down, and this, this, this is God. It is the appearance of the Spirit of God. It is the, the most important, the most important event in all history. When the Holy Spirit came down there in Acts chapter 2, that was the most important event in all history because that now signified that Jesus would be able to carry out his ministry unhindered by the limitations of his flesh. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was the grand 
entrance of the spirit and all he gave them was tongues all he gave them was tongues again we're talking about possessing your possessions yes, all the spirit gave them that day that was seen was tongues not prophecy not power tongues to evidence the coming of the spirit the presence of the spirit on earth so now the next question to ask is that why tongues because you promise power when the spirit comes because jesus said the evidence of the spirit was power but the experience said another story so did jesus lie no that means Whatever Jesus said power was, is what happened in Acts chapter 2. So did they receive power? Yes. Like Joel said, did they receive prophecy? Yes. But they received it in the form of tongues. In the form of tongues. Unknown tongues. Why, why did God choose that specific manifestation to evidence his presence in the earth because Jesus said it is power but it was tongues Joel said it is prophecy visions and dreams but it was tongues yeah there are other instances where the prophets are read the Bible clearly read your Bible rightly the Bible says they spoke in tongues and they prophesied what came after was the prophesying <laughs> but the the feeling of the spirit has always been followed or evidenced by the utterance of an unknown language okay let's get this one point okay and then we'll, we'll pray first corinthians chapter 14 <laughs> So people wonder, and, and here's the thing, many Christians don't speak in tongues. Yes. Hmm. A whole lot of them don't speak in tongues. And it is that it, it is a satanic agenda. You you find people say, you find people say, I want to speak in tongues, but every time I I, I, I feel like speaking in tongues, like I'm being choked. Why, why, why are you being choked? <laughs> Why are you being choked? It is the greatest mystery in the spirit realm. <sighs> verse 14, chapter 14, verse 1, sorry. How do you know you have a spirit? Yeah, how do you know you have a spirit? Or you are a spirit? 
can you know that you are a spirit or you have a spirit can you know can do, do you understand the question okay. how do you okay the bible says that you are spirit soul and body right you know you have a soul because you can think you know you have a soul because you can imagine right you know you have a body because you can see it and you can use it but how do you know you have a spirit because if if you can't know that you have a spirit you can't know that you have body so <laughs> so how do you know that hey i am a spirit i have a spirit Yes, how do you know that you have a spirit? Because we can't be sure that when you speak it is your spirit speaking. No. Because language is a function of the soul, not the spirit. So you don't know that you are spirit. You just you just assume you assume I am a spirit <laughs> because Bible says I'm a spirit. Because if 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 you can't know that reality, that means you cannot access your spirit. If you can't access your spirit, that means you don't know who you are. This guy says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. How was he in the how, how, how was he in the spirit? And what is the spirit? Yeah. And now I got you. I got you, no? I got you. To know your spirit, right? You must ask yourself, how do you know that you have the Holy Spirit? How do you know that you have the Holy Spirit? Because, no, how do you know that you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah? Yeah? Yes, because you can speak. That's how you know you have the spirit. Do people do people oh, do people uh, do people who don't speak in tongues have the spirit? If you don't speak in tongues, do you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah? No, you don't. You can argue it any any way you choose, but you don't. <laughs> you don't have the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. Acts chapter 19. Read Acts chapter 19. 
Cross read chapter Acts chapter 19. Let them follow their Bibles. Huh? Yeah, from verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul read, read louder, read louder. Um, read it. Read it. And it happened while Apollos was in, at Corinth that mm-hmm. Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Mm. And finding some disciples, he said to them, mm. Did you receive the Holy Spirit uh, when you believed? Uh, 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 so they said, Whoa, 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 whoa. Read, read that part again. <laughs> and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So, so who did Paul encounter? Non believers or believers? That means they had accepted who? Jesus Christ. Paul is asking them, did you receive the Spirit? So, did they have the Spirit? Read, read, read what they, they say. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They believed in Jesus, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Because until a believer receives the Holy Spirit, his, his Christian experience is not consolidated, is not con- consummated. Because Christianity is in the Spirit. It, oh, the life of Christianity is in the Spirit. The Bible says you are baptized by one spirit into Christ. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, read Paul. Paul asked them, then unto which baptism were you baptized? Then they said, the baptism of John. John. Then Paul was shocked, right? Amen. Then continue reading. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized, baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people yep. that they should believe to him on him who would come after him yeah that is on christ jesus yeah when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus yeah and when paul had laid hands on oh yeah they waited waited when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus but they still didn't receive the holy spirit and when paul laid his read them paul and when paul had laid hands on them yeah the holy spirit came upon them oh nice <laughs> yeah yeah read brother and they spoke with tongues <laughs> and they spoke they wait they they spoke in tongues because they received what <laughs> so a christian who does not speak in tongues has not received the and he does not have that? He doesn't have him. Okay. Acts chapter 8. <laughs> Acts chapter 8. You there? You there? Amen. Read from verse 14 in Paul. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard 
the Samaria had had received the word of God, yeah. they sent Peter and John to them. Oh, okay. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them mm -hmm. that they might receive the Holy so Spirit. So heard, they heard the word, received the word, they were born again, but they didn't have the Spirit. So they sent Peter and John. Why did they send Peter and John? You know why? Because they had the gift of the laying on of hands. Mm. That's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah? For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Ooh, read, read that part again. For as yet he had fallen on? Upon none of them. Oh, is that true? Amen. So they didn't have the spirit. Okay, read more. Uh, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Then they laid hands on them mm. and they received the Holy Spirit. Wow. 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 Okay, then read verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, saying give me what this power so what did the guy see no what did the guy see that made him so attracted to because this guy was a sorcerer he was already doing some things there <laughs> but now he's seeing a person just laying hands like this oh this is a power and says, give me this power so that any, anybody I also lay my hands on, they might receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So he saw the reception of the Spirit with evidence. Amen. Acts chapter 10. No, I'm just trying to show you something. Maybe you didn't know. There are Christians who say, no, no, I don't have to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. you, you were right, you don't have to. Because you don't, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And they say, I have the Holy Spirit. No, no. You are, you are, you are, some devil is deceiving you. Again? Verse, read verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, yeah. the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Mm -hmm. Right? The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the words. These were Gentiles, isn't it? And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. Also, for they heard them speaking with tongues. They heard them speaking with tongues. That is how it was evident that one had received the Holy Spirit. If they speak in tongues, this means the Spirit they come. So if a Christian does not speak in tongues, he does not have the Spirit. But chill, no Spirit there. <laughs> he, he may be a believer in Christ, right? And be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. If he dies, he will still go to heaven. But his Christian experience will never come alive until he receives the Holy Spirit. So, to know that you have the Holy Spirit living in you is that you must speak in tongues. Now, 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 you are the one that's speaking in tongues. Not the Holy Spirit. 
Because the Bible says they speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But who are doing the speaking? They. So to know that you are a spirit or you have a spirit, what evidence is that? Speaking in tongues. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. So to access your spirit or to to activate your spirit to cause it to function to cause it to operate what must you do so speaking in tongues is what the activity of the spirit both of your spirit and the holy spirit but it is something much more than that because of the reason why Jesus spoke, chose to give you speaking in tongues or power in the form of speaking in tongues, prophecy in the form of speaking in tongues. Because speaking in tongues is power. Speaking in tongues is prophecy. Because speaking in tongues, brothers and sisters, is the gift among gifts. It is the only gift that is controlled by the recipient. You don't receive tongues, you receive the Holy Spirit. Again, just like you, you don't you don't buy you don't buy a, 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 a shoe without or you don't buy that thing. What's that this thing? Tongue, that's tongue thing, whatever. Right? You, you don't buy the tongue, you buy the shoe. Again? And with the tongue, you get the shoe. So what do you buy? You buy the shoe. So the Holy Spirit is like, tongues are like that tongue thing. The Holy Spirit is like the shoe. In order for you to get that, you need the shoe. So you don't go to the shop and say, I want that tongue thing. <laughs> that comes only as what? It comes only as a add-on, a benefit, it comes alongside with it. So, you don't go to the fire and say, I want tongues, I want, I don't know. You want, you, you want the spirit. You understand? So, you receive the Holy Spirit and you get tongues. So, what's important is not tongues, is the spirit. But tongues come as what? As the gift that the spirit of God imparts to you for a reason. Because the Holy Spirit is invisible. And he is, he is the source from which all destinies are achieved in Christianity. For all the objectives of the Godhead are achieved. But in order for you to cooperate with him, you must understand and know his manifestations. Mm. So I can walk in a place and say the Holy Spirit is here. And people will look around. But they will start knowing is here until there is demonstration. Maybe when you prophesy, when you speak in tongues and interpret, when you give word of knowledge, when you give word of wisdom, when you heal, that's when you know. Oh, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit is there, right? He because of what his manifestations. That's why the Bible calls the gifts of the spirit the manifestations of the spirit evidences of his presence but you have the first evidence without which all other evidences 
cannot materialize. So, Tuli wants word of knowledge. What's word of knowledge? God's word concerning events in the past and in the present. What God's uh, word, of, uh, word of wisdom? God's wisdom or God's mind concerning his purposes and plans in the future. So, if you want something that has to do with your future, who is responsible for that? The Holy Spirit. So, he must come into manifestation as the word of wisdom or as the word of knowledge. So all those things are manifestations of his presence. But you can't really access it. Because that depends solely on the spirit. Because it is as the spirit wills. But Jesus in his wisdom did something. He said, I will give them something that is as they will. Not as the spirit will. But it will be a gift on the same level as all other nine manifestations. Because without the manifestations of the Spirit, the objectives of Christ cannot be expressed. So, you want to enter into God's promises for your life, you need the manifestations of the Spirit. But you can't really get them because the best you can do is desire them. You can covet after them. That's what attracts their manifestation. But it still depends on the Holy Spirit. But there is one gift that the Holy Spirit has given you that is actually the transportation system to all realms of power in the Spirit. And that's the gift of speaking in tongues. Nothing in the Spirit equivalates to it. In the natural, what is greater than tongues is prophecy. But in the spirit, what is greater than prophecy is tongues. <laughs> so when it comes to man, you can't use tongues without prophecy. But when it comes to God and spirits, you can use tongues. Because they are the equivalent of prophecy in the spirit. First Corinthians 14. So you can, you know you have a spirit when you speak in tongues. So you can access the potentials of your spirit. How? By speaking in tongues. You can access the potentials of the Holy Spirit. How? By speaking in tongues. It is a weapon. It is a mighty weapon. Who is the greatest, who is the greatest apostle of all ages? Paul. The greatest apostle of in all ages, Paul is the greatest apostle. No man comes close to Jesus more than Paul. None. And you know what he said? He said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than he all. What did he find out? What did he find? What did he find out? This is what he found out. Christians who don't speak in tongues regularly and often and long 
have weak spirits are weak spirits I read you the Bible you cannot have strong faith without speaking in tongues it is impossible you can't have strong faith in God without speaking in tongues it may not bring faith but there is nothing that strengthens faith than praying in the spirit most Christians don't pray in tongues they have the Holy Spirit but they don't so if you have the Holy Spirit and don't pray in tongues do you think you can access the spirit no you are joking you are lying to yourself you will just live a normal life for you now to begin to traverse into the supernatural dimension of life you need the gift of tongues that comes with receiving the Holy Spirit there is the gift of speaking in tongues and there is the gift of tongues two different things this one comes with receiving the Holy Spirit you may receive the gift of 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 unknown tongues you uh, when, when you receive, you may receive it you may not receive it but this one comes with a package it is a guarantee what is the difference another day okay Amen. chapter 14 eh? Amen. pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy notice said desire spiritual gifts but especially this one thing you desire to prophesy desire to prophesy for because he who speaks in a tongue does not speak so why now does he begin to compare prophesying with and he says the most important one is prophesying to desire to prophesy but then he switches out of the blue just for he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. So he's, he's now comparing prophecy and speaking with tongues. That means they share parallel significance. Notice that this is equal, I said parallel. Because one's objective is achieved in the spirit and the other in the natural. Thank you. So he who speaks in tongues speaks to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Notice Paul almost almost stops and not continue what he wants to say. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue says, For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So he is doing something. There are Christians who read that verse and say, no, 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 no. No, he didn't say that. Because he says, it achieves something. He says, in the spirit, in the spirit, you are doing something. That means, speaking in tongues is doing what? It's functioning in the spirit. It's functioning in the kingdom. It's operating in the dimension of the spirit. Because it says, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. That means your spirit is active in the spirit when you speak in tongues. You may not know by experience, but you may know by that mere reality. I am doing something. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. That means his spirit is, 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 is functioning or operating in the dimension of mysteries. 
and he says your spirit is uttering mysteries that means your spirit has mysteries your spirit knows mysteries your spirit understands mysteries mm. in the spirit he speaks he speaks he speaks mysteries so every time and and and, and here's what's important it's important because life is a product of the spirit that means the spirit dimension is the parent of the physical realm the physical realm comes from the spirit and he says you are doing work in the spirit that tells you as it relates to the manifestation or the alignment of life the regulation of earthly life your work in the spirit is done when you speak in tongues because many of you don't know this but there is a higher dimension than speaking in tongues is what the Bible calls groaning in the spirit there is a much higher dimension because in groaning in the spirit it is not you who is making the prayer but it is the Holy Spirit himself so speaking in tongues is for you groaning is for the spirit but in order for you to move from to shift from one to another you must utilize the system so many have not entered that realm because in groaning to the spirit it is a guarantee that whatever it is in your life is aligned to God's purposes aligned to God's plans This is not the dimension of binding and loosing. It's a higher dimension. Because binding and loosing you do here on earth. This is things that are taking place in the spirit. So he says he speaks mysteries. For no one understands it. He says, but God. He says, but God. He says, but God. But God. But God. That means it is. Is a direct line, a direct communication line between your spirit and God. So, how do you know you are with God? You can't be sure that you are with God when you say Father in the name, but when you start switching, spirit now is transmitting to spirit. So, to really come to the dimension of union with the Lord. Tongues are a big factor. They are a mega factor. It says man does not understand. It says because it is spoken in the spirit. This thing is, is in the, the... He says, for we know, we know, we know, we know that that which we see does not count from what what we see but from what we don't see so if you want to change this here you must go there but you can't go there with your mind because my soul does not enter the dimension his spirit so your spirit now must be active function in that dimension and it does through the what through the speaking or the ministry of speaking in tongues facilitated by the holy spirit it is the only guaranteed prayer that is perfect 
because the words are fashioned orchestrated by the Holy Spirit himself so this relates to the spirit hallelujah then he says he who, but he who prophesies speaks edification exhortation and comfort to men did you see that edification oikodomeo exhortation and comfort to men verse 4 he notice their parallel significance prophecy has nothing to do with you but the comfort of men exhortation of men edification of men then he says he who speaks in a tongue read the amplified it doesn't it doesn't communicate the full strength but it, it does say some strong things there please verse 4 Mm. He, he edifies and improves himself that is that is a, an incomplete definition because the word there is oikodo it means to to build on top of another it's like when you build a house right you build brick upon brick right it, 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 the word there denotes an edifice you know what's an edifice and edifice is a tall structure so he says he who speaks in tongues edifies himself in other words he builds himself up the other synonym of that the meaning of that word you know what it means he repairs himself he repairs himself not only do you build yourself but you repair yourself re re reparation not only in matters of the body but in matters of the soul in matters of the spirit so there is a reparation process that takes place when you speak in tongues you repair yourself does that sound like something in hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 how that he frames the aeons he repairs the aeons by the word of god now when you speak in tongues the words you are speaking are ordered by the spirit the spirit is god that means you are speaking the words of God in the spirit. You are speaking the words of God in a dialect unknown to your mind. But what's guaranteed is that it is God's very own word. <coughs> so you take you take a prophecy that you God has given you written down or you've heard or you've gotten somewhere. You take it and you say, Father, in the name, behold. You close your eyes and you start speaking in tongues. What are you saying? Your spirit and the Holy Spirit are in this thing together. The work has been done by your spirit and your spirit in the spirit. Now, he says in verse, in verse, in verse number number 14 right he says for if i pray in a tongue my spirit prays read amplified please verse 14. for if i pray in an unknown yeah my spirit by the, by the holy spirit, spirit yeah then pray did, did you see that you, you see who's involved your spirit with the holy spirit your spirit is praying by the holy spirit so how God trains you to function in the spirit is here. 
If you can't speak in tongues, you can't operate in the spirit. You are a joke. You can't. <laughs> Tell me where, where you're going to start. Because your spirit does not know how to cooperate with the spirit. If you have not learned when the spirit says sharp, to say sharp, how then will you learn to cooperate with him in other matters of the kingdom? So the training platform is where? Is in the spirit. Is praying in tongues. So you are sure that your spirit is active in the realms of the spirit. So that means you can sit here. Your spirit, your spirit can be active over in Japan. Your spirit can be active over. There are times I've prayed in the spirit and I've seen myself moving to another nation. Sometimes in prophecy, when I prophesy like this, even in my own room, as I pray in tongues and I prophesy like this, many times what I am prophesying is where I'm at. If I prophesy concerning a certain nation, you find my spirit there. Why? It is how God trains you. John G. Lake, the Bible, he says, this is the Bible. <laughs> John G. Lake, years before he arrived to South Africa, came to South Africa by his spirit. He said there'll be times when he's praying and then he'll just move across the, the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean and come to it. He said he knew, he knew Joburg, he knew Durban, he knew before ever he stepped foot here. How? His spirit learned to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. Is in speaking in tongues where you tap into the omniscience of God? Will you tap into the omnipotence of God? Will you tap into the omnipresence of God? You cannot be as omnipresent as God, but you can be where God wants you to be. Question is, do you want to live as a spirit or as a carnal man? natural man so where we begin is here is this dimension pray in the spirit you pray you pray you pray in the spirit you pray you pray you pray but you're not only praying you see your spirit is active operational in the spirit that's how you know that you are truly doing some things in the spirit it is our secret weapon, brothers and sisters, especially in these last days, to access in hidden information, to access dimensions of revelation concerning our lives, concerning the lives of our Lord. But Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Will show you, will show you things to come. Not only about your life, but your loved ones, the future of your city, the future of your nation. Yes, you can sit down on a chair or go on your knees and say, I want to know what will happen five years from now. And you start praying in tongues. If you pray long enough, if you pray long enough, you'll enter a dimension where your, your spirit is open to the revelation of God. Problem is, we, we, we don't know how to travail in the spirit. As us. As, as, as. We don't know how to travail in the spirit. The, the best we do, Tabo Shabara, one hour, we don't know how to travail in the spirit. 
Then shall Zion give birth in a day. He says, yeah, for as soon as she prevailed, she gave birth. That means to bring something from the unseen into the tangible. Prevailing is required. Prevailing in the spirit is required. And speaking in tongues, there are many that you see in this realm. There are many. Paul says, "Though I speak in tongues of men and angels, there are many. There are many dimensions in this realm." And God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us access these places, to give us an advantage here on earth. One day in South Africa, right here in Pretoria, John G Lake had a church but at that time there was a plague killing people all over killing people all over Jojilek went to the doctors and he said this is what I want you to do I want you to take that plague and put it on my head and put that under a microscope that thing has been killing hundreds by that time he's been he's been burying several hundred people living from his own church took it they put it under the microscope they notice uh, an unprecedented phenomenon they notice when they put it on John Gillig's head that plague died and he said bring more bring more they put it it died they, then they asked him how is it possible he said for I operate by the law the spirit of life he says this law is greater than all the laws of diseases and plagues what did he learn what have you learned? He said, when my tongue, he says, when I release my tongue, oh, one of the best things I've learned from that man. He says, he says, there are times when I'm weary, when I'm tired, and I just release my tongue and rest in the Father. Says, that's where he learned to coin the, the phrase, the lightnings of God, referring to the power of God. You want your possessions. Enter this dimension. Uh, enter it. You, you understand what I mean? Enter it. Enter it. You enter it. You take all your bank accounts, all you, you put it down. You start speaking in tongues. You start speaking in tongues. There was a there was a man of God who shared a testimony. He said he was tired with how his life was going. He was tired. Things were not working out in his life. He's been serving he was so he was tired. So one day he woke up, he told his wife to go out and his children to go out to leave him alone. He closed, he locked himself in. He locked himself in, he gave them the keys. Then he said, God, I'm not leaving this place until there's a change. He said he started speaking in tongues from about 8 o'clock in the morning. He spoke in tongues and he said people could hear him from uh, down the street. That's how loud he was praying for hours, speaking in tongues. Then suddenly something strange happened. A cloud, literal cloud. On that day there was sun. A literal cloud rested on his house. So much so that it got the attention of people around and they came and watched. The cloud stayed there at about around six, seven, eight. He said, when I left that place, my life changed forever. We want what we already have. We go and seek after the things that God has already granted us. 
enter this dimension. That's your weapon. Enter this dimension. And just speak, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Sometimes I remember. Twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. I woke up and I determined that day I was going to pray all day. So what happened is that we went to all night prayer. We prayed about five hours, six hours in that all night prayer. And I determined when I get home, I'm going to continue praying. I'm just seeking God, continue praying. So I got home at about seven. I started in the morning. Started praying. I started praying. I prayed that that night. That day for about 15 hours, 15, 16 hours, I pray. You would think that after that experience, you know, you come up with visions, you know, you, you'd be climbing the walls of heaven. <laughs> no. I had one word from God. Changed my whole life. Imagine you come up out of that prayer. Listen, there are certain things to pull up from the spirit, please. You have to travail in the spirit for days. There are certain words, if you want to pull out from God, you have to, those are, you see, those are not just words of promises. Huh? Those are, those are words, those are words, words of covenants. That, that for you to pull out of God, you, you have to travail in this world. Sometimes you need, you know, you need, you know, you need direction concerning something. That direction may require you to pray maybe for six months in the spirit. Because the dimension of the spirit does not operate on the same plane as this physical world. We, we look at life from time's perspective, not in the spirit. Because you may pray six months, but in the spirit, you may have been doing the work of just four hours. A lot of spiritual energy, brothers and sisters, is required to change things in the natural. So when you see a prophecy uh, uh, being delayed, you take that prophecy, you put it down, you kneel on the floor, you say, Father, you have spoken, and you travail. You travail, you travail, you travail. The Bible says the, the, the everlasting or the, the lasting prayer, the persevering prayer of a righteous man. Mm-hmm. Not just any prayer, persevering. You know the prayer where you go through several waves, where you go through a point where you feel like you are sleeping, where you, <laughs> where you feel like you are tired, or sometimes you feel like your mind, you're going crazy. When you go through that persevering where everything in you says quit, give up. Hey, you are tired. God understands. You, you know that one? Yeah? You know that one? And you go in. You go in. You go in. After some time, you find energy comes back. It goes. It goes. Then all of a sudden, you wonder where this energy is gone. You, you know what is happening? There is spiritual warfare going on. What you are feeling is the impetus of the activities of the spirit. So your body is giving that off as side effects. 
but you persist and 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 persist. Then all of a sudden, you there's some something you know we we still have not yet been able to explain this phenomenon where you get to a point where you know it is done. Nobody has 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 come the, the best they've come up with in Christianity is a note of victory in your spirit. But other than that, it's a, it's a strange phenomenon. You get to a place, you know it's done, and all of a sudden, some joy, laughter in the spirit, songs of the spirit starts bubbling up. If you have never been in that dimension, you don't know what it is to pray persevering prayers. Travail as a means to possess your possessions. <laughs> you, you get it? Travail. Travail. When you lock yourself, you say, hey, I'm done. I must find God. I must find God. And you see, you, you, how you want to find Him? Since you speak unto God. So you press in until, until the veil is open. All of a sudden, you can see God. And God says, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And you, for your work, you fulfill Your prophecies are platforms of strength for you to ascend into faith. Then you get to a dimension where it's not you now. It's the Holy Ghost. Tongues can come out. You try to take out tongues, air is coming out. Sighs in the spirit are coming out. You wonder what's, what's happened. I remember the first time this thing happened. I thought, no, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. But there was a peace. I couldn't stop. I couldn't control it. Only later I found out there was a spirit plane. We must access those planes, brothers and sisters. If we are to possess our possessions, remember the weapons of our fellow cannot. They're not cannot. If we are accessing that those dimensions in our lives for our lives to access the promises of God for us, that that dimension we must reach. We must do convenience here, brothers and sisters, is is irrelevant. Hallelujah. Halle? So you, you, you use this weapon. Because of what it means. You see? Because of what, what it means for you and me. Means that Jesus is glorified. If Jesus is glorified, there is nothing God, there is nothing God can say no to. He's, glor- he's, he's glorified. He's seated. He's enthroned. Everything is under his feet. Every time I speak in tongues, I give testimony to this. See, when people ask you, who is this Holy Spirit? You start speaking in tongues. Before the, there was a man of God, the evangelist of God, who, 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 who he, he found that God, the revelation in the Bible. Yeah, tongues are found in So every time he preached, he preached and said, who is this Jesus? And he starts speaking in tongues. He says, the power of God will follow the people. Because he had discovered the truth. He had discovered the truth. 
Yes, we are Christians. What do you mean? We have the Holy Ghost. Say what you want. But this is evidence that the Spirit lives in it. That's it. See, the, the, the problem is we, we have trivialized the holy things of God. That's why they don't, they don't work as they should because we have trivialized them. You, you understand? We have, we have played them down. These are holy things, brothers and sisters. And we, we've got to approach them with, with the reverence that is required. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Thank the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You learned something? You got something? Oh, please, please sing that song that you sang here. Uh, that first song, worship song that you sang here. All right. Let's sing it. Uh, and then let's pray. Okay, let's pray. Utter some few words in the spirit. And then let's give and go home. But you, you got something? Huh? You got something? Amen. Amen.
I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, What is this thing that has crippled the nations of the earth, that has gripped the hearts of man with fear and terror? For years, says the Spirit of God, I will begin to show my power that even in a day this thing shall be removed from the face of the earth. For this is not my plan and my will, says the Spirit of God, but the agenda of evil men inspired by fallen angels. But now, says the Spirit of God, I will blow my breath, and in one sweep, says the Spirit of God, there shall be no trace of this disease anymore. For this is not a disease that has been engineered in the dimension of the Spirit, but this is the workings of men in laboratories men who have sinister schemes who have set and plotted ah their agenda against my people even here in the earth for this is a war that has been unleashed against my body says the lord but now i shall rise and give my people power and give my people mantles of the spirit of life for yes says the spirit of god those who shall rise in boldness and stand their ground upon my word and upon that which i've spoken in my word shall not be harmed for yes says the spirit of god i I want you to begin to speak and condemn the work of these sinister men inspired by devils says the Spirit of God but now I blow even in days not too far from now and in one sweep there shall be no more recall and no more trace of this disease then the nations of the world shall wonder but ye I shall provide answer says the Lord for it is my glory that I'm beginning to display in the earth the weakening of the nation says the Spirit of God is an opportunity for my power to be displayed among the nations of the world says the Spirit of the Living God and I'm sending out missionaries I'm sending out missionaries unto the nations of the world men emboldened by my spirit to begin to speak forth that which I have spoken and yet they do not go empty-handed but they are backed up by my power the power of the Holy Spirit and now you shall see even around the world the coverages of great exploits by my people for these are days of the exploits of God by those who know they are God oh thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit I see a wind coming in from the east. I see a wind blowing across the east, right into the Midwest. Oh, and the Spirit of God is saying, for ye, in a moment of time, I will blow my breath across the face of the earth. And yes, there shall be witnesses that I shall raise in every nation on earth that will represent and hold high the scepter of the kingdom. Yes, for this is a scepter of righteousness, says the Spirit of the living God. Oh, I see President Salaman Shebrotuskai, leaders of government, Zabrotukaskata Branske. And I see that there will even be an exposing of the scheme. For I will expose it, says the Lord. I will open wide the curtains of that which is done in the secret place and the world shall see what has been done, says the Lord. 
for I'm even working in the hearts of those who have been involved in this sinister scheme to stir them against the wickedness that they have been doing and you shall see many of them coming out in the next few days confessing of what they have been forced to do many leaders of government and private sector will be implicated in this thing oh the shame that I will bring upon them says the Lord my great hand of power shall be shown so do not fear says the Lord do not quake under the pressure says the Lord but even as you have seen in my word the works that I've done if you shall keep your faith none of these plagues and these diseases both from the spirit and from the sinister schemes of man shall come upon thee thank you father thank you father Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift up your hands and just speak in the Spirit. shall not prevail says the Spirit of God for I will use even their tools to shame them I'll use their resources to shame them and yes says the Spirit of the Living God I will not allow some of their plans to prevail for I am giving the earth a time of grace that they may turn unto me and seek me 
and know me for years says the lord if 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 this great spirit shall not be observed greater calamities than these shall befall you and men in turmoil and perplexity shall not know where to turn to but the answer has always been with the lord the answer has always been with the church and now i call on everyone who answers my name to rise and lift up the banner of my kingdom by declaring boldly against these weapons of mass destruction that have been sent as an onslaught for humanity rise says the lord and use your mouth boldly and curse the work of the evil one so shall you have peace in your stand thank you father for revelation for insight we bless you in jesus mighty name and the lord shall say even unto you that if the economic calamity that is to befall the nations of the world should not harm you says the lord you should hedge yourself in that which i have spoken unto you and refuge yourself in my promises for years is the spirit of god let your confidence be in the arm of the lord and he shall keep you from the terror that shall befall the earth in a short while for yea look unto me and not unto men lean not on the arm of flesh as the spirit of god for you shall find that even food shall be a scarcity and yes is the spirit of god but if you will look unto me i'll provide for you by way of my spirit for the food scarcity in the world shall not affect my people and those who have hedged and refuged themselves in me and have trusted in my word for yes there will be a scarcity of food there will be a scarcity of water there will be a scarcity of resources but the lord says do not fear for i have a way by which to supply for my own look unto me says the spirit of the living god look unto me says the lord for dark are the days that lie ahead and full of perplexity and turmoil but if you are seated in the heavens you shall laugh for none of these things shall affect thee says the lord open your eyes and see open your ears and hear you ask what lord hear from my spirit see from my spirit and in that dimension you will see that there is absolutely nothing that shall hurt thee Daro shebrekiza takrakiza patakasha 
Le bracos a la banche, brate de gabranze, la pratiti bratus u shalamanze, brate galocans kedia. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There shall be runnings to and fro in confusion. I see the Lord is showing me. Oh, my Lord. Galolia tabragito. Sambragito no 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 gosha bradiza gebradia. Now is not the time to fear. But it's the time to rejoice, says the Lord. It's the time to exalt in your Lord. Now is not the time to walk in unbelief, but to walk in the confidence of faith. Now, 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 right now, at this moment, says the Lord. Commit to trust the Lord. Commit to set your eyes continually upon Him and nothing else. Do not look back, says the Lord. But remember Lord's wife. For those who shall look back shall be turned into pillars of salt. Figuratively, their lives shall amount to nothing. But those who shall look unto the Lord shall be strengthened and shall become brighter and brighter lights where men shall run to for safety. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I'm sending resources, says the Lord, unto my people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I see men, I see men, I see men carrying equipment in their hands and ask Lord what is this the Lord said I am sending men unto my people all over the world to send resources not only material resources but resources provided by the angelic hosts <laughs> my God resources provided by the power of my hand Oh, resources, resources, resources. I am sending resources unto you, says the Spirit of the living God. The true church shall rise. The true church shall rise. Do not let the commotion of the world destabilize you. This thing shall come to pass. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, For a time I will stabilize the markets, I will stabilize the economy of nations. The Lord is saying, I will stabilize for the sake of my people. For years, says the Spirit of God, I am bringing, I am bringing swiftly, 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 swiftly. I'm turning the abundance of the sea, the abundance of the Gentiles, unto the storehouses of my 
I see men with wings flying all over and I ask the Lord, Lord, are these angels? The Lord says, no, these are wings of prosperity. These are wings, these are wings. These are wings of wealth. The Lord said, look up and I will begin to turn many lands and give it unto my people. Oh, the Lord says, look to land, look to property. Look to lands, look to property. I will give you favor. If, if you shall set your eyes unto this thing, I will give you favor and bring you into favor with right men and the circumstances I will create to provide lands, 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 lands. Oh, Shapar Katala Mahanska, your lines are fallen unto thee in pleasant places. You have a goodly heritage, says the Spirit of the Living God. Ah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear, says the Lord. Do not fear. Do not fear. You are refuge in the ark. The attractor Buzan Jalebratis Kons Galebratila Transcapta Broduzu Shalaman Zebedia. Gatora bitta grada zabra dizigi bronsto shalaman zebedele grada bdashuko bransegredia. I see the Lord bringing the spirit of Noah upon the churches around the world. And, and, and Lord, what is this spirit? This spirit of rest. It is spirit of rest. The spirit of rest. The spirit of rest. Receive the spirit of Noah. The spirit of rest. Enter thy into the rest of the Lord. The spirit of rest. The spirit of rest. I see a dispersion of the spirit of rest. Oh, the spirit of Noah. Le close Let the churches receive the spirit of Noah. The spirit of rest and calm on God. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Seko Shanda Bradika Sonta Kadigadea. Lagadia Branze Klanutela Cabradiete Sondaria da Sabrata. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.